Good morning, brothers and sisters. So this, this week for me has been somewhat of a, a hectic week. There's been a lot going on. And I did not have my usual amount of time to kind of pray and meditate on the homily. So the week pretty much went by. And yesterday during confessions, I realized I didn't know the homily. I didn't know on which I was going to preach. So I was like, OK, Lord, what do you have for me? I need to tell the people something. And this idea kept coming to my mind. And it's something I've thought about for years and years and years as a priest. I've thought about preaching on it and, and, and doing it, but it didn't seem important enough, and it can be somewhat controversial and sensitive, so I just put it on the far back burner and, and sat on it. But it kept coming up, and I kept thinking, Lord, what does that have to do with the readings this weekend? You know, it, it'll just come out of nowhere if I, if I preach on this topic. But again, I'm, I was distracted. I was hearing confessions, so I couldn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. And then near the end of Confessions, I just saw in my mind exactly the connection, and it seems so obvious. I don't know how I didn't see it before. But what I want to preach on today is that in the longest history of the church, we're talking since the beginning, since the beginning, the practice was for those Catholics attending Mass who were not ready to receive Holy Communion, were not able to receive Holy Communion that day at that Mass, they would not approach the communion rail. They would not approach with those who receive. There was no giving of blessings. You go up and you cross your hands and the priest or the deacon gives you a blessing or something. There was none of that for almost the entire history of the church. So where did this come from and why do we do it now? It's pretty common practice in, in most countries where you just, the whole row gets up, comes up, stands or kneels down, and the priest either gives you communion if you can receive or some type of blessing if you can't. But that was never done. Never. Now, I think this is something we need to return to. I think it's very important, and I want to try to defend my reasoning. But I will say this. I'm not making any rules for St. Dorothy's because the church has not made this a rule. So since the church hasn't kind of restricted this. You can come up, you can cross your arms, you can do all of that, that's fine. That's totally up to you. I just want to give you the reasons why the church had this tradition for so long, and maybe why we need to return to it. So the simple reason is that as Catholics, what we say when we pray, and what we do with our bodies when we pray, reflects our beliefs. It reflects our beliefs. For example, you know, the reason you kneel during the Eucharistic prayer is because Jesus Christ is performing his greatest miracle and coming down in a miraculous way on this altar under the form of bread and wine. Your God, who saves you from sin, is coming to you, and so you kneel in humility. That's the right response. That's in the rules of the Mass that we're supposed to follow. But what happens if you can't kneel? Let's say you, you, you had surgery or you've got arthritis. Well, again, kneeling isn't objectively necessary. It's not like you're sinning or offending God if you don't do this. But if you are able to, it is right and proper. It's the rule to kneel at that time especially because that's the most humble posture you can have before God. 
if you're on your feet, you can run away. If you're on your knees, you're stuck. So it's a very humble posture to get low before God, to even bow your head, although you don't have to bow your head at that moment. And throughout the Mass, there are different rituals that we practice with our bodies, different postures that we have to express different things. Now, one of the interesting points about Mass is you're forbidden from kneeling during the Our Father. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you before. So in the early church, one of the first popes made it a rule that you cannot kneel during the Our Father at Mass. I mean, you can do it if you're praying the rosary at home or something like that. But during Mass, you are forbidden from kneeling during the Our Father. It's actually forbidden by the church. It always has been. Well, why do we kneel during the consecration yet stand during the Our Father? Again, because of what the position of my body expresses in those moments. I'm kneeling out of humility for the miracle that is happening, for the God who is coming to me. But when I pray the Our Father, I am praying according to the church's teachings in the person of Jesus Christ. Since the church is his body and the Our Father is his prayer, when we pray as a body, we stand because a son stands in the presence of his father. That is what the Pope said. He has the right to stand in the presence of his Father. And so when we pray in the words of the Son, we stand to represent our shared sonship in Christ. But when Christ is coming to us in this most humble of ways, we humble ourselves by kneeling during the consecration. So again, what we do with our bodies expresses what we believe in our minds and hearts, and that's the most important thing. You know, I can say something with my words, but if I don't act on it, then I reveal my true beliefs. You know, if I tell you that I love you, but every time I see you, I spit at you. (laughs) Clearly, my actions and my words are not joined. They're not united. There's some type of disconnect and maybe hypocrisy. So we have this old expression as Catholics, lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi. So it's just a Latin phrase that means as we pray, both with our words and with our bodies, so we believe. And as we believe, so we live. So why was it always the tradition of the church that if you're not going to receive communion, you wouldn't even approach? The simple reason is because that's the most humble thing you could do, to stay back. If you're not ready or able, for whatever reason, to approach the Holy of Holies, then why approach at all? Isn't that somewhat presumptuous? I believe that our gospel reading today is actually the reason why the early Christians stopped approaching, or never approached, I should say. I mean, remember, we have these two main characters that Jesus gives us. We've got the Pharisee, who's the person who lives, at least externally, a righteous and virtuous life. They don't commit these serious sins like the, the baddies do. And on top of that, I mean, I mean, hear this, this Pharisee for a moment. He fasts twice a week. Do you do that? He pays tithes on everything he owns. Everything. Do you do that? He's not greedy, dishonest, or adulterous. I have to admit, I'm kind of impressed. 
I'm impressed by the righteousness of this man. Now this tax collector, this sinner, who maybe does all of these things, commits all of these sins, he knows he's a sinner, and so he doesn't even dare to approach. We're told that the Pharisee takes up his position. What that means is he comes forward in the temple and he draws close to the tabernacle, to the Holy of Holies. And he prays, Lord, thank you for making me better than everyone else. Now, it's important to note that Jesus tells us he did not pray this prayer to God. He prayed this prayer to himself. See, God didn't hear this Pharisee's prayer, even though externally he was virtuous. Because of his judgment on his neighbor and his pride, his prayer was not to God. It was so kind of weighted down by pride, it could not be lifted up to the heavens. But you've got this sinner, this tax collector, who knows how offensive his sins are to God. And so he does not presume to approach. He stays back. Not only does he not approach, but he won't even look up to heaven. He's like, I am unworthy to even gaze up to the heavens. So he looks down, he's probably on his knees, and he prays this prayer. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus tells us that because of his humility, his prayer is heard and he is forgiven. He goes home justified, but the Pharisee, who didn't commit all of those sins, didn't break any of the laws, he did not go home justified. He was sent away from the presence of the Lord without any grace. In our first reading from Sirach, we're told that the prayer of the lowly is heard. It pierces the clouds. I always love that, that imagery. Like an arrow, a humble, a lowly person, when they pray, even if they're a sinner, that prayer is heard by God and answered. But the words you use when you pray are not enough. Even your body, what you do in your motions, your posture, is important because it reflects what you really believe in your heart. Prayer are not just words, but actions. So if you, like this tax collector, like this sinner, are unworthy to receive the Lord, should you be approaching? Should you be taking up your position to receive communion? Of course not. So, so what I think is all of the bad sinners in this church should be relocated to the back pews so that we know where you are. You're not even allowed to sit in the front pews. No, no, obviously that's not the case. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. That's not what our Lord wants. He doesn't want you to be singled out. He wants you to express by your words and your actions the humility that is needed, the sorrow and the regret. Now, the Catholic who is, quote-unquote, worthy to come forward and receive Holy Communion has a danger in doing exactly what this Pharisee did. Ha-ha, I see you staying in your pew while I'm going up to receive. I mean, imagine if you did that. Here you are coming forward because, by God's grace, maybe you're able to receive, and in your arrogance and pride, you're judging your neighbor who cannot receive that day. Well, the first problem is this. You don't know why they can't receive. Yes, they could have committed a grave sin, but maybe they ate and didn't fast 60 minutes before communion. You can't receive communion if you do that. What if they're feeling sick to their stomach? 
and they don't want to receive because they're scared of vomiting. Oh, you don't know why they're not receiving. There's any number of reasons. It's simple arrogance and pride to judge someone based on the fact that they do not approach. And if you did come forward and received our Lord with that kind of judgment towards your neighbor in your heart, I would bet you wouldn't receive any grace from that Holy Communion. And in fact, you would offend our Lord yourself by presuming to approach. Because anyone who receives communion at any Mass is not receiving because of their own righteousness, but purely because our Lord in His mercy has forgiven their sins. You see, it's our Lord who washed you clean. It's our Lord who made you worthy. You have no credit of your own. So when you do come forward to receive worthily by his grace, all you can do is thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for me to go to confession. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you give me to follow your commandments. However, there are some practical things that have to be considered if some of you are not going to be approaching when it's time for communion. Again, I'm not making a rule. I'm just strongly suggesting. Now, in the longest history of the church, pews did not exist. Pews are a very recent invention in Catholic churches, which means the only chairs in the church were usually the ones the presider you know, the priest, the bishop, the deacon sat in. Everybody else stood in the congregation. And so it was easy for those who weren't going to receive to just stand or kneel while those who were receiving would come forward. The problem with pews is there's not a lot of leg room. And if, you know, some of you are stuck in your pew in the middle and other people are trying to walk around you, it's going to be really awkward and complicated. Fair enough. You know, don't make things overly complicated. So maybe you do have to step out and kind of follow the line forward, so what do you do? Right? If you're not worthy or able to receive at that time, I would recommend, it's just a recommendation, don't kneel down. Stay standing in line behind whoever else is in front of you. And just wait. Now, some of you will say, but Father, I at least want a blessing, right? If I'm not going to receive. I need that help, that grace, you know? Well, I'm going to tell you a secret. I have never, ever, in all my years of priesthood, blessed anyone who came up with their arms crossed. Never. You say, Father, wait a minute. I see you raise your hand and, and move your lips and mumble some words over us when we do. I say a prayer over you. I do not bless you. Do you know why I don't bless you? Because I'm not allowed to. Remember, the liturgy, the prayer of the church, is governed by the rules of the church. I can't do what I want. I can't make up my own rules. And the only time I'm allowed to bless the people in the church is at the end of Mass, when everybody gets a blessing. I'm not allowed to just kind of randomly give blessings whenever I want. If everybody is blessed at the end of Mass, why do you need to come forward and get your own personal blessing? when you're not even worthy or able to receive. It doesn't make any sense. Now you can say, well, Father, I've gone to many different churches over the years, and, and the priests and the deacons have given us blessings. Well, notice I never make the sign of the cross over anyone who comes up. 
and those priests and deacons are not following the rules of the Mass. Most of them weren't taught better. This is a kind of an aberration that came forward after the Second Vatican Council. The councils of the church have never taught that you should come forward. People just started doing this after the Second Vatican Council. Before that, it was never done. And so priests didn't know what to do, and they're like, well, I guess I'll give a blessing. <laughs> you can't receive communion. But that shouldn't have been done. It's not in the rules. The liturgy is not my prayer. It's the prayer of Jesus Christ and his church. I can't simply decide what I want to do. So when I pray a prayer over somebody, I'm not blessing them. I'm simply saying a prayer. Because I'm going to give you a blessing at the end of Mass anyway. That would be redundant. And usually, honestly, between you and me, the prayer is, if you need the grace, go to confession. It's something to that effect. <laughs> you know, God give them the grace to repent of their sins. I don't know if that's why you're not receiving, but, you know, it's not a bad prayer anyway. So again, if, if you need to approach for whatever reason, just stand back. Don't kneel down at the communion rail if you're not going to be receiving. You can. I'm not going to get upset if you do. I'm not going to judge you. Just kneel there. If you're not receiving, cross your arms so I know not to give you communion, but I'm not going to stop and pray over you anymore. It's one of the things I'm going to stop doing. I'll just pass you by. <laughs> I forgot to tell the altar servers before Mass about that. Oh, well, they know now. Now, the next issue that comes up that I was thinking about is what about the children? The children who haven't received their First Holy Communion, should they not come forward? Of course they should come forward. What did Jesus say? Let the little ones come to me. I don't want the children to stay back. I want them to come forward, and I will stop and say a prayer. I won't bless them, because I'm not allowed, but I will say a prayer over them. I don't mind that. But practically speaking, Parents, it's imprudent sometimes to leave your little ones in the pew alone anyway, so you need to take them with you. However, if they're old enough and mature enough, they can stand behind you while you kneel to receive Holy Communion. Again, they can kneel beside you. I'm not worried about that if you need to keep an eye on them. But if they're able to, they can stand behind you, and I'll stop and give them a little bless a prayer, not blessing, a little prayer, and give you Holy Communion. But even if they just want to go up and get a prayer for themselves, if you're staying back, that's fine. Send them forward. Now, I don't think the children should be kept away just for that reason. But if possible, I do think it's a good reason to not have them kneel if you can. Why? Because we want to increase in them a longing to receive. So standing behind you, or waiting back, even though I do say a prayer over them, can help increase their desire. I want to be able to kneel and receive Jesus. And so by the time they're ready to receive their first Holy Communion, their hearts will be in the right place. Like I said, this is not a rule. This is just a recommendation I'm making for you. And I've seen and heard many other priests do the same in their parishes, because this is the ancient practice of Christians. Our Lord clearly cares. He clearly cares 
about our actions, what we do. Not because it's objectively necessary, but because if possible, it expresses what's in our hearts. And that's what matters to him above all else, what's in our minds and hearts. So even if you are unable or unworthy to receive that day and you stay back, imitate this poor sinner in the gospel. Turn your heart to the Lord. Humble yourself and ask for the forgiveness of your sins, if that's what you need. And then get your bottom to confession as soon as you can. But you will please the Lord by that act of humility. It is only our pride, it is only our pride that inclines us to approach when we can't receive just because we don't want our neighbor to see us holding back. And it's even worse pride when you do receive unworthily because you don't want your neighbor to judge you. Imagine the offense, the Son of God, Savior of the world, who has not only humbled himself to die on a cross, he humbles himself even further to become bread for you. And you can't endure this small bit of humility. You're willing to shame his Eucharistic presence just so that other people don't judge you. Who cares about their judgment? The only judgment you should care about is the judgment of Christ. Your humility will pierce the clouds and be heard, and the Lord will answer your prayers. Remember what Jesus said in conclusion. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.